today, I get to share with you about something that I'm super passionate about. And I hope that every time I talk to you, it seems like I'm passionate about what I'm talking about, because chances are I'm talking about Jesus, who I happen to love quite a lot. But today, I'm talking to you about my job. It's not because I need to vie for you to keep me in this position, but it's because I want to highlight some things to you that you may just not be aware of, especially if you're new, especially if you're newish, or maybe you're like one of our, I don't know what category this is, but like our returning, who's not old, but like, you know, the roots are deeper than mine, because I've only been here like three years officially on staff, and some of you have been here a long time, but you're just returning, and we're so glad that you're back. And so I get to talk to you this morning about what it means to be a church life pastor. Those of you who didn't know, that's what you all hired me for. If you didn't hire me, sorry, someone did. And church life pastor, for those of you who are wondering, what on earth does she even do? Does that, don't put up your hand if you're wondering that, okay? It's a little insulting, okay. Um, I hope that by the end of today, you're going to see a little bit of not just what I do, but of what I love, like truly, truly, truly. I love, love what I do. I've been a pastor for a while. I've done different kind of jobs at different churches, and I've got to tell you that this is genuinely my sweet spot. Like, I get to function in what is my very favorite part of church life, and, uh, and I hope that that comes through as I talk to you, but I would love to do, I could do lots of different things, but I, I think this should be encouraging to you that I am right where I believe God wants me to be, and, oh, thanks, Elmer, is that Elmer? <laughs> and, uh, and it's walking with all of you, and so today, um, Bill, Pastor Bill asked me to kind of highlight our adult ministries, because um, I mostly deal with adults, and then on June 11th, Pastor John Mark, he's going to talk about our next-gen ministry, so that's our youth our young adults, our kids, and so I haven't forgotten them. I'm just not in the place who can talk about them best, and so Pastor John Mark's going to do um, that. I spend a lot of my part-time, by the way, just so you all know, that's what you hired me for. Um, Part-time, I do church life, and what I spend a lot of my time doing is creating a culture and an atmosphere of hospitality. I love doing that. It's why you have chairs in the hallway now um, <laughs> that look pretty, and I borrowed, and I got for no money to us at all, praise Jesus, because I'm also good at that, good at finding a deal, got it from my mother, who's also here today. There, there's something I'm going to say about her that's a little like, I'm grouping us together in it, but I thought I'd butter you up. Um, she can get a good deal more than anybody. So, um, building just a culture of hospitality, we have 45 people on our hospitality team alone who week to week greet you. Who, who are representatives of Jesus through their kindness, through their warmth. No one can look at Bob and not smile. If you have not met Bob yet, I don't believe you, but in, or Dave West, like we just have the friendliest people in the world on that team, and they are to be representatives of God's love for you. And our mission on that team is to remove as many barriers in the physical as much as we can. We can't remove everything, but we actively, ongoingly try to remove as many things in the physical so that you, guest, or you, longtime member, can come into this building and find a place of refuge, can find a place of rest, can find a place to experience the transformational, supernatural move of God in your life. And I love doing that, and I love those 45 people who help us do that week to week. And so if, if that's you, thank you. 
I say it, I've said it before and I'll say it again, it is impossible to know everybody. Look around you. No way any one of you knows every name in this building right now. I don't. I can't. I cannot, and neither can you. But what I do believe is possible is that everybody can be known by somebody. And so I work hard, and we as a leadership team work hard to provide these on-ramps to connection and these on-ramps to relationship so that nobody has to walk alone if they don't want to. I can't force connection. I can't force you to make friends. I can't force you to join the things that we provide, and I won't do that because that's not helpful. But what I can do is I can make it as easy as possible for those of you who want to connect to the body to do that. And so I spend my time building those on-ramps, building that pathway. One of my very, very, very favorite, favorite parts of what I do is helping people discern together the voice of God on what their next step might be as they follow Jesus. I pray over you this morning that you will start to hear the voice of God speak to you, impress upon you in your spirit what your next step might be in following Jesus. Now, whether you don't know if he's worth following or not, that's okay. Lots of steps. <laughs> I got lots of ideas. Uh, whether you don't know yet, let me tell you first, he really is. Like, genuinely, he is so worth following. And maybe you don't have to be sure about everything that's on the other side of that. But I would be so happy to get you started on the journey. And I promise you, as you follow him, you will realize that he is so worth following. Those of you who follow, amen? Amen. Or if you've been following Jesus for a long time, you have made disciple of Jesus your vocation. But for whatever reason, and there could be so many, you are in a season right now where it's just become hard to discern the voice of God in this particular season of your life. I'm not sure where my gifts can be used as a part of the body. I'm not sure what it is I need in this season. I'm not sure what God is challenging in me, where he wants to grow me. I can help. <laughs> I would love to help sit and talk with you and hear your story and see and discern with you and pray with you over what God might be calling you to, where he might be asking you to step. Did you know that he has plans for you? Yeah, he does. He has plans for you, and they are good plans. Jeremiah 29, 11, many of you know this. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. He has plans for you, and he won't, like I won't, he won't force you to live those out. He's not a forceful God. That's not love. You don't do that in a relationship. He's not going to force you, but he is going to always be inviting you into the life that he has called you, into the person that he knows that you can be. God has a plan and a purpose for his church, too, the global church, and he has a purpose, I believe, for this church. There are so many churches in Peterborough, and I believe he has a, the same mission all of them should have the same mission, but I believe that he has plans, unique plans and purposes for this assembly of people here at Calvary Church. And as a leadership team, we really want to, and we take very seriously what those plans are. And we discern together all the time 
When we do our calendar planning, it is a special day or two or five where we decide intentionally what goes on that calendar and what needs to come off. Because we don't just throw everything on a calendar because there's lots of fun things we can do and it's fun to hang out together. Everything that goes on that calendar, everything that we provide, every program, every special event, how we celebrate Christmas, how we celebrate Easter, how, whether we serve coffee or not, let me tell you, it is intentionally thought out. And if in this season it can't be done to serve one of two purposes, then we're not going to do it. And everything that goes on there is going to revolve around these two big core things. Number one is the great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And right after that is love your neighbor as yourself. So everything that goes on that calendar better be about pointing people to Jesus, pointing people to God, and about loving our neighbor. And our neighbor, by the way, is a lot of different people on a lot of different stages of their journey. And we want to love them all the very best that we can. And the second is this. It's what we feel we've been tasked with in our specific gift settings, in our specific calling as leaders, as pastors, as teachers, is the Great Commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And this is my favorite part because that's a tall order. <laughs> And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. And isn't he with us always, right? As we learn how to make disciples. And so that's what we've been tasked with. And later I'm going to read a verse where it says, you know, the, the apostles, the, the preachers, the teachers, the shepherds, they equip the body for what? To just keep coming? No. For the work of the ministry, so it's not a pass, right? It's that all together, we all have an active, collective part to play to make sure the body is at its best, to make sure the body is the church that Christ died for, the church that he's calling up into maturity. We all have a role, not the same role. So no pressure. I'm not going to make all of you come up here and preach on a Sunday, okay? Apparently that's what I've been asked to do. Yay! No, I'm kidding. I love it. But it's really stressful sometimes. Um, but he has equipped you. And we want to help equip you to figure out, to discern the voice of God for your life. What member of the body has he called you to be? How does he want to activate you to be a part of the body so that we can be this whole that points the world, an onlooking world, to who Jesus is? That's why we're here today. The word disciple, it just means this. It means somebody who is following Jesus, being changed by Jesus, and who is committed to the mission of Jesus. And just one quick reminder, do you guys know the verse where God gives a very clear indicator of who is a disciple of Jesus? How can we know? How can we know who is following Jesus, being changed by Jesus, committed to the mission of Jesus? By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. We should always be asking ourselves, Calvary, how are we loving one another? How are we, how are we speaking to one another? How are we speaking about one another? How are we loving those who get brought in, brought in to be a part of this body? I love to love you. Does that sound creepy? I literally do. I love to love you. I love you so much. I'm so glad that God brought me and my family and Bobby to this assembly for this season and I hope it's a long one. Thanks. Me too. 
we do. We just, we, it is, it's a pleasure and a privilege to love you. And let me call you to love one another too. Disciples of Jesus, they live in Christ's love so that they can love as he loves. And the key to loving him and being more like him is I believe in the act of that following. We cannot love like him. We can't. It's not naturally in me. I mean, it was how I was first created, but because of the fall, all that stuff, that's for another Sunday, it's not naturally in me. I find some people very difficult to love, but not when I follow Jesus really closely because there's not a person that I can't love if I don't know their story. There's not a person that I can't love if I don't think about how God the Father loves them. And so to have that shaped in me and worked out in me, I need to follow more closely. I can believe in Jesus. We've said this throughout our last series so many times. I can believe in Jesus, yet I can stay exactly as I am where I am. And I'm going to tell you, you know what? How I am right now, you guys are lucky. You should have seen me. Mom, you know she's here today. You should have seen me when I was 16, my friends. When I was 18, when I was 19, when I was 20. I am not where I used to be, praise God. Because I've been following, and as I've been following, I've been being changed, and I've been, I've been being transformed, and I've been learning about who Jesus is and who I've been created to be, and I'm loving the people around me, and he's, I'm hearing and discerning his voice as he calls me to make next steps and next steps and next steps. But how I am today is not how God intends me to be. He wants to take me further. He wants to show me more. He wants to unveil his plans for me as I go. And it's exciting and it's hard and it's confusing sometimes, but it is so worthwhile. I am so bad. Here's the part, Mom, sorry. I am so bad at something. I'm probably bad at a few things. I'm bad at disc golf. That's why I don't participate. Um, I'm very bad at directions. Like, if you think you're bad at directions... I challenge you, my friend. I am so bad, I, I'm surprised I can get from here home, even though I've been doing it for three years. I inherited it from my mother, who I also inherited some other lovely things from, but terrible, on her way, literally to visit me this weekend. How many calls did I get, Mom? Like 15 calls, and my friends, I love you so much. She had her GPS on. And yet, oh, I don't know. I'm seeing lots of fields. I, uh, someone warned me I'd see lots of fields. I'm like, just keep driving. Just keep driving. I could get lost anywhere. And I think because I appear confident, which sometimes is true in certain things, but I will confidently walk out of a store. I will confidently be like, oh, I got it, guys. Let's go. I'll drive. I've got no sweet clue where I'm going. And people tend to just follow me. All my friends in a mall, they just, they walk behind me and it's not long before someone in the group realizes I'm in the wrong end of the mall. I went to the wrong parking lot. I'm getting us into the wrong vehicle. I'm in the wrong city. I tried to go up north once home to Perry Sound where I've grown up my whole life. I ended up going to Toronto like the, when I went on the 12. Like it was all bad. My father, my father had this human like, he was a human GPS, and I kid you not, this makes it sound like I'm being dramatic. I literally had this happen once. I could call him, lost, which I did many, many, many years, and he not seeing where I am, I can't describe really where I am because I don't know where I am. He could tell me where I was by describing the nearest rock. There's a lot of rocks on your way to Perry Sound. You say, what is it? What are you looking at? I'm like, I don't know, this like rock, and before I pass this like one field, and I think there was a gas station like this, 10 minutes ago. I said, oh, I know exactly where you are. 
know exactly where you are. Just keep going. Nope, nope, you're way off, way off. You're in Sundridge. You're way off. <laughs> Come back around this way. I didn't inherit it. It didn't. I do so much better with Siri. I do so much better with my Google Maps app open. And I do so much. And you know what? I put her voice as a British accent. I told him this because it makes me less likely to yell at her because it's so soothing and calming. You're about to hear a British accent in a little bit. I'm sorry. This is so, I've, now this is becoming awkward because I've talked to you guys about it so much. I just find it really nice to listen to. So I don't yell at Siri when she talks to me in that nice voice. But we humans, whether you want to admit it or not, when it comes to the direction of our lives, we can make such a mess of things when we try to go it alone with no direction, with no sense of direction. And we can make a big mess of things when we try to follow somebody else who looks like they're confidently knowing where they're going, but they have no sweet clue. Pay attention to whose voice you're listening to, how, who you're discerning, where they're telling you to go because we can make a mess of it. There is a better way. I love this voice. It, it gives me so much, or sorry, this voice, the voice is in the scripture, this scripture. John 10, 27. This is how Jesus says, um, this is how he talks about his disciples. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. They hear my voice. Isaiah 30, 21. This offers me so much comfort in my life. Whether you turn to the left or to the right, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And now I know if you're a human being, it doesn't always sound super clear, right? This is the way, this is the way I wish. I wish there were seasons in my life where it's like, just turn left. And it doesn't quite happen that way, but God has given us so much of himself through the body, through other believers, through his word, through talking to him to help discern what his voice sounds like in our lives. I'm going to call my buddies on up at this point. You know I'll yap. Take your time. John, in John 10, 28, Jesus talks about being a shepherd of, of those sheep, being a good shepherd. And he says, to my sheep, I give the gift of eternal life. And nobody will snatch them out of my hand. Don't touch it. Okay. <laughs> That's my husband, by the way. I talk to him lovingly every other... You, use the British accent, man. <laughs> he sings, so it's okay. It makes up for the non-British accent. That's so creepy. I've made this creepy now. Okay, anyways. Um, how I have learned to discern the voice of God is this. Being connected to the vine, John 1, right? Go and read, go and read John. Being connected to the vine, who is Jesus, and being connected to the body, who is his church. I hope you learn when you're here. You're not always going to get this groundbreaking wisdom. Like, that's fine. Maybe you're meant, oh, come on, buddy. You can do it. <laughs> I'm allowed. Uh, John's my friend. You can't make fun of him, but I can. I've put in the time. Being a part of the body has helped me by, by hearing scripture being taught, right? Getting a fresh perspective. I'm inspired by people who have followed Jesus longer than me and have a unique perspective to share. I'm even inspired, inspired by the spunky, like, young adult who just has so much passion and zeal and idealism for life that I'm like, you know what? It makes me so aware when my own faith has grown stagnant in a specific area, eh? 
And, and I just love that. I love being connected to the body. I have been changed and transformed and learned so much and had God speak to me through corporate worship together where you just feel the spirit with you. You feel this sense of rightness. I remember feeling it from such a young age, sitting in church, and I just was like, whatever this feeling is, and it, I didn't know how to describe it at that point, but you know what? I'd probably describe it the same today as I did then. It just feels right. There's this sense of this is where I want to be, and it's not about the building. It's about the spirit of God and me being aware of it, and when the body is together, there's this ability to, no matter what you came in with, be like, oh, the Spirit. The Spirit is directing me. God has plans for me. God, whatever I'm worried about, just would you take it for a second so that I could try to hear more clearly? What it, do you have it? Yes, I have it. Where do you want me to go? This is the way walking it. This is the way walking it. And the body just helps so much. And so I invited some of my brave friends who all said yes to me. Now, if I ever make a phone call to you and I say, what are you guys doing this Sunday? Are you in church? Did I say that to all? Probably, eh? Shortly after, I did say to like one of you, I only gave Barb a pass because she's like our veteran. I said, Barb, because she knows what that means, right? I said, let me explain to you what I'm going to ask you to do, and then you can tell me if you're going to be here this Sunday. But she, she's here. Anyways, you may not know all of these people. Bobby, you want to come carry this now? Look at me, eh? Change my mind. This is marriage. Don't do it. Don't move it. Yeah, move it over here. Now I like it better over here. <laughs> These are my friends, and I have so many more friends who are out there that I can see who have joined Calvary in, in the recent year, in the recent weeks, um, in the recent uh, couple years. And so up here is kind of this panel of like very new, newish, and like not new at all. Um, and you probably know who that is if you've been around here for a, for a while. Sorry, Barb. Barb's like, aren't you guys sick of hearing from me? I'm like, we absolutely are not. Amen never get sick of hearing from Barb. So I just wanted to, rather than go through all of these like various next steps, I just thought it would be really meaningful for us together, A, for me to introduce you to some people who you may not know. So now you know them. It's going to be so awkward for you guys after today because they're all going to come up to you and A, try to listen to the, who do you think has a British accent? Okay, it's coming. Anyways, so I'll stop yapping. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Oh, let me get you the mic. That would be helpful, eh? Um, they're going to introduce themselves. They're going to share like how long they've been here. And then individually, I'm going to kind of ask them to talk about a few steps that they have discerned God say to them over the last little while um, of, hey, this is the way, walk in it, as it relates to church life here at Calvary. And I want to preface it. I know that there are so many next steps you can take that are outside of this building and have nothing to do with this community loving your neighbor, being a good employee, da-da-da. But for the purpose of highlighting our ministries, I just wanted them to share how they've connected to this church body, how they have discerned God asking them and leading them to be an activated part, an activated member of us. So start us off, my friend. <laughs> It's Greg's probably like, this is Kathleen, I told you. Come back here and listen to me. Take this one for now. My name is Laura Brewer, and uh, it's hotly debated how long I've been coming to Calvary in my house. Uh, I'm really bad with numbers, so I think it's probably somewhere between two and three years, but um, Kyle and the kids have actually been coming before me, so they have a lot longer history than I do. But yeah, that's somewhere between two and three years. I am... I am LaToya House. You can tell that I am terrified. Um, <laughs> if 
but I'm here. Uh, my family and I have been coming for just about a year and a half. My name is Allison. I'm also I also go by AJ. Um, we've been coming since March. Uh, I'm Jethro. I'm the British one. Uh, <laughs> 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 Sorry. Uh, yeah, um, I've been coming since March as uh, we recently moved here, and I can confirm after six years, a British accent does wear on you. <laughs> I'm Barb Rothenbush. I'm the one who's been coming for 30 years with my family. <laughs> Hi, I'm John Carcer, and uh, we've been here the past six months. Yeah, since uh, October, and I'm Kim Carcer. These are my friends, everybody. At least I'm claiming they're my friends. They don't get to, don't answer that, whether you feel I'm your friend or not. I hope that you all do. So um, one by one, I'm just going to go through, and I'm going to start with our brand new newbies first, um, just to talk, Jethro and Allison, a little bit about how, like, why look for a church? How'd you find us? Um, and what were some factors that kind of made you decide, you know what, these seem like a great group of people to follow Jesus with? Yeah, so why we decided to come to church to start, not going to lie, through COVID, we completely fell off the church bandwagon. And we, when we were deciding to move back to Canada, we were looking at our priorities and where we wanted to go. And we thought church had to be a priority because one, for community, and two, the corporate worship, what you were talking about, was something that we really, really were missing in our lives. Uh, yeah, and as soon as... Well, Alison did the, uh, the fun church roulette. So she came in November, December, yeah. Uh, and I came in March, so I missed all the joy of turning up to every service in, every, in Peterborough and uh, having to go through the same questions every week, which we all know we've been there. And yeah, she did the hard work. I just turned up and chose the best church, really. <laughs> yeah. And I think the reason we picked this and moved this way was because it feels very joyful here. That was the first thing that I was like, this is fun. And then also the intentional that you were talking about earlier just felt like things were thought through. I noticed there was no coffee, and, I, and that means you're not constantly being like, who's going to volunteer for refreshments? And things like the meetups as well. I really enjoyed the meetups and that they're a temporary short-term thing, and they, you can change through the seasons of your life through them. Um, I'm currently painting with a few people, but yeah, so those were some of the things. It just felt like there was a spirit here in worship, and those were the th three main things that led us here. Uh, I think as well, as soon as I came in, filled by the spirit, by the worship, I think that's something that we lacked over lockdown. Um, church through Zoom is not great. Um, to be fair. And yeah, the first time in probably a while, I'd be honest, I really felt the spirit kind of fill up in me. Um, so well done, worship teams. You're all brilliant. Um, and yeah, just uh, the, the different walks of life that are here, I think that's so important in a church. I have a very long, well, a short, convoluted faith story, um, but I came to faith in a church that just had everybody from all walks of life. And I think that's so important um, because, yeah, you can, you can then reach out and realize Jesus is in everyone. Yeah. Thanks so much, guys. And I'm just going to add, you know, uh, Jethro and Allison, they came to my new Calvary 
what we've kind of seen here in terms of next steps over the past, we call them two years. Uh, we function much like the school year from like September to June. And then summer's not like a break or anything. It's like a lot of you leave us trying to. And so we just kind of slow down. We have a season of rest. But um, after the new to Calvary class, Deborah, like, well, first of all, in the new to Calvary class, Deborah and Allison are like doing what I just would love everybody to do. Like they can hey, we made dinner plans with one of the Heather new people that are here. I'm just like, they're all new. Like, no, there wasn't like one of you went and asked them to dinner. Like, they asked each other, which is just amazing. Such great initiative. And then Deborah also just sent me an email later in the week to let me know, hey, I have this passion for fitness. Here are some ways I've used it in the past with like church. Would there be a fit for that? I know you need to get to know me a bit better, but I'd love to use that at some point. And so, Deborah, we absolutely will use that um, come the fall. And so, over the summer, we're going to have conversations about how we can use something that she's passionate about to connect to the body and to activate that gift that you have that I certainly do not have, um, and some of us wish we had. So they're going to join your group, right? Yeah. Um Again, that was something that spoke to me. I think coming from the outside of church in, it can be quite daunting because you see all of these things. You go, I must do this. I have to, to, to match up with these ideals. And then you go, actually, I have a gift in something. Um, we're both physios, so we're huge exercise people, fitness fanatics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I was in Inverness, and there was a group, not the best name, we need to work on the name, called Men and Muscles. Uh, that, that, that needs work. Um, but actually, I'm, we, I started running a few weeks of the group where it was circuit-based. We'd all come together. Um, we'd pray. A lot of guys had some struggles. We'd then work through that discipline of having, having the physical struggle. Um, I think that's quite important to, to struggle in some area of areas of your life. I think that can really open up that spiritual discipline. Um, and we saw some huge changes and breakthroughs. We'd pray after, sweaty, not looking great. But actually, it really connects you in a different way. And uh, yeah, I'd love to do something like that for the church. <laughs> well, um, good morning, uh, church, and I want to acknowledge you as church, but also as family. And you may not know us yet. In fact, you may not even like us yet. Um, but we are family. And um, Kathleen, just what you were saying about being friendly, I do want to encourage that if you've been attending for a while or are new, it really is important that you don't maybe sit back. Maybe your personality is such that you do, but. Um, I'll, we'll never be those kind of people, so we'll probably be chasing you down to know you more than you'll seek us out. But I'm not hard to spot. I've been, <laughs> yeah, you in the front. I probably blocked a lot of your view this morning. But um, so we're family. So John and I are a little bit of background. We've been just married three and a half years, and uh, so I was attending my home church of 25 years before uh, John and I got married. So Calvary Lindsay was my home church, raising my daughter on my own. 
Um, and they were going through a pastoral change uh, near the end of our, my season, our season there. Um, uh, my daughter, our daughter now, married her grade eight sweetheart, and they moved to Peterborough. So the Lord had been to stirring up a desire in us to see our adult children uh, attending church more frequently, committing more uh, of their lives to the Lord. So we began to pray and, and search through that, but that isn't going to happen with them, us living in Lindsay or attending a Lindsay church and them living in Peterborough. So when a new pastor was announced for the Lindsay church, it became clear to us that our season at Lindsay was ending and we started considering and seeking a new church. And obviously Peterborough, for, um, so we could be here for our daughter and son-in-law. And if we're blessed with grandchildren, we want to pour into that and we want to invest here now um, for their future. Um, so we are here now and you're stuck with us. <laughs> um, I was particularly excited to know that this church was also just starting its pastoral search because it was really important to me, John, um, that we were fitting in with where you were all at. We sort of landed on the same page as everyone, and that really made a big difference. Uh, we weren't kind of trying to fit into a history here, and so it was like almost a really uh, cool thing that God was doing. We were very warmly welcomed, and we're very appreciative of everyone extending interest in getting to know us. Um, and something that has resonated with me and Kathleen um, landed there again, that concept of uh, can't know everybody, uh, and we can't, I, I'm a teacher. I barely remember 30 names by this by this time of year. So I'm not. I'm we're not good. Uh, I'm not good at names. But um, that Kathleen always says it's to be known. And so if we have a small group, if we have a few of you that we connect with, grow with, cry with, laugh with, love with, then then it's home, right? Um, and this my first attempt at sort of getting out there and helping was putting the Christmas decorations away. It was my first chance to serve. And it's a great way of meeting people. It was mostly ladies, which I assumed it, for the most part it were, but there were some gentlemen here as well. But, bonus, got to see how big and beautiful this building is, because when you're dragging a Christmas tree on a trolley from one end of this building to the other, you you're get introduced <laughs> to the vault and to the bomb shelter, and there's all these we wings and offshoots. So it was just fun to hang out and put Christmas decorations away and just help. So, and John? And then I, I then attended, uh, Kim was able, unable to attend the uh, New to Calvary class, and that was awesome. Um, Kathleen warm, warmly welcomed the, the whole group uh, with the uh, fresh baked goods, thank you, and the coffee. So uh, that was, uh, you know, with the Irish in me and my love for desserts, uh, yeah. Um, but no, most importantly, it was imp important for us to see really just the warm welcome, the heart, the vision to uh, Calvary. Uh, you know, what it was about and that it was aligned with, with um, our beliefs and values. So it really gave us an opportunity to meet others new to Calvary and uh, to develop relationships and connections to other newcomers. So it was a great way just to our, our initial connection uh, there. So, And another purposeful, intentful step that we made to get connected and planted here was we sought to seek out membership fairly early in our, in our journey here. Um, as soon as we felt that we were confirmation that this was our home church, membership is really, really important to John and I. It's our way of committing to the work God is doing in and through us as a community of believers. It would be impossible to grow spiritually mature by ourselves, and we must be connected to the body. And it's a privilege and a joy to serve the body, hence my reference to family, which you are all now. 
Christ gave his life for the church. So we see it as an opportunity to serve and love others in the church and the broader community. And we just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for your prayers and, and care uh, shown during my recovery. Uh, so it's meant so much. Thank you. Um, we've taken steps now to be serving on the hospitality team. We look forward to that. And as soon as I'm free from these things here, um, we'll be looking forward to, uh, to greeting you uh, so just as, just as so warmly we were welcomed uh, to Calvary six months ago. So thank you. So glad that you, yeah, let's give them a hand. Um, yeah, you really did take a lot of steps in a short period of time. Long legs are good for Yeah, they're moving. And you know what? And that's not going to be everybody's journey, but that's just a great example there of kind of that discipleship pathway that, that we've provided here. You know, someone comes new. Um, they come to our new to Calvary class here. Why do we exist? What do we value and, and, and believe in and care about? And then, and then do you, once you know that, yeah, you know what? Like, it's sitting well with me that I think I'm discerning the voice of God, that this is the body, the local body that I'm to belong to. Then you, you dig in and, and, and you go from guest to part of the family who then exercises the hospitality to the guests. We were never meant to stay guests forever. And, uh, and that's what I'm really encouraged by your story, John and Kim, is that, uh, yeah, you, you just kept discerning. What's that next step? What's that next step? And it started with putting away Christmas trees, which, by the way, is coming up in December, and I could use some help with that. And she stayed, so it couldn't have been that bad, right? Um, it started on those one-off. We have, we have on-ramps, and some of them are those one-off serve opportunities around special occasions and special events. So you're not coming. I know that some of you have such busy schedules and, and a monthly kind of contribution to a department team or weekly as a youth leader. That may not be in your current season, but we really try to provide as many opportunities for kind of those just okay occasional serve opportunities so that you can get into a smaller group of people and get chatting and be known by somebody. So thanks for, thanks for sharing. All right, LaToya, my girl, I know you're scared, but thank you for doing this. This is a next step happening before your very eyes for LaToya's discipleship. <laughs> Take it away. Yeah, so my family and I, my husband and our three kids, were commuting to Peterborough for um, our son Judah's football. And God had confirmed in our heart in the month of December 2021 uh, I think, that year, who knows, um, <laughs> to move to Peterborough. And so we were kind of excited, but also probably a little bit terrified because there were so many steps that had to be taken. So we were actually at Holy Cross next door for this football practice. And all of a sudden, we hear, like, music. And my husband and I looked at each other, and we're like, is that worship music? Is that a church? Is that a Pentecostal church? I think we need to check this church out. And so our first step was to uh, look online. And so we watched for a few weeks, and we're like, this seems great. And so our first uh, Sunday was um, December 23rd. And from the moment that we stepped into the church, as you said, we were so warmly welcomed. We felt loved. Honestly, I can truly say that. Um, and it was such a beautiful service. And in that moment, we, we, my husband and I just kind of looked at each other and we're like, okay, yeah, this is it. Uh, it was, it was pretty much instant that God just said yes. And um, so from that moment, uh, we started the process of, you know, you know, selling our house, buying a house, that long journey. Um, and so we were still commuting, you know, to church, to sports, to all the things. But one of our prayers was that our home would be very near church. And so thank God that fall, the Lord provided that and we were able to move and it kind of all unfolded. And in terms of getting involved, yeah, God is good. Um, it was very challenging, but, and God is good. He came through for us. <laughs> um, and in terms of getting involved, my first uh, point of 
desire to um, join the ministry was a nursery. Um, we have a youngest, our youngest is three, and I really felt that if she was utilizing the nursery, you know, it was important that I could step up and serve. And so that was really the first thought. Secondly, I, w I was isolated, and I really knew that I needed community, I needed people, and I needed to meet people. And I knew that this was probably the best way, and boy, did that happen. Um, and then I, I've been involved in worship ministry for most of my life, um, but to be honest, I was quite avoidant. I, was, I thought, you know what, you know, maybe I'm not going to do it, or maybe I'll just wait a few years. But God was just really stirring it up in my heart until one Sunday I was like, fine. <laughs> and so I, I, don't, I think I approached Pastor Bobby and said, hey, this is who I am. How does this work? <laughs> I'm pretty scared, but I should probably do this. And that's kind of how that started. Um, and then pretty soon after, um, my husband and I were talking, and we thought, you know what, it's time to pursue membership. So like yourselves, it happened pretty quickly. And honestly, we're not that smart. God is the one that orchestrated this, our whole um, season and how this all happened. And so we just give him all the glory and praise. And we sit here saying that, like, we couldn't have dreamed it up better. And we just continue to trust him for, you know, how he's leading our family. But this is really how it all kind of unfolded. Amazing. You know, it's like, yeah, thanks, Latoya. So glad to have you all. Thank you for doing that. Um, literally just listen to those stories that were shared just so far. So Jethro feels, um, and Allison, that the Spirit of God is in the worship, and that's how God was starting to speak to you. Well, guess who was maybe on the worship team that Sunday? Latoya, who begrudged, like, okay, fine. By the way, a lot of next steps start with, I just had a conversation with someone this morning, I won't out you, who says, I'm a little scared, but I feel like God's asking me to do something. I am so good with those conversations, you guys. Um, and then, you know what? Like, Latoya, when you would have come for Christmas Eve um, and just felt like that warmly welcome, well, guess which, like, team helped put the Christmas decorations together to create that warm, hospitable environment where you could just come in and find refuge and experience God. It all works together, you guys. It's all very intentional, and it's the Spirit of God who makes the organism work. It's the Spirit of God that makes it all fall into place as it should, when it should, with who he's calling, which is really amazing. Laura. You want Laura Barb? Laura, oh, okay. can you share with us yeah. your journey of just like personal discipleship um, through meetups in particular? Sure, absolutely. So um, as I was reflecting on this this week, I realized that I'd rather talk to you about the why than the how, if that's okay. So I came to Peterborough solely for the purpose of getting married and having a family uh, and, and being with my kids. And so that only happened a couple years ago, and that's why I'm here. And it didn't mean that I left my hometown because I wanted to. <laughs> um, I really had a great network. I really did. I had great coworkers. I had a great group of friends. And I was heavily, heavily involved as an active member in my church. And so I come to Peterborough in COVID to get married, to be in a new home with new neighbors who I still couldn't speak to, to go to a new church that was mostly online in the beginning. And I have to tell you, the loneliness seeped in really quickly. And it's not because uh, my family couldn't give me some of the things that I needed, but like anyone who's lived with roommates or family or children, it's just, it's not the same thing as the family of God altogether. And so I was doing all these new things and feeling really isolated and disconnected. And so, um, and, and can I just say, even though it's a wonderful thing to leave service corporately and to stand in the hall, it's also a nightmare. Uh, yeah, and then without coffee, even worse. And so um, it just became really obvious 
obvious to me that I was not part of something um, like I had been standing there awkwardly not knowing what to do with my hands for two minutes before we decided to leave. And so meetups came up because we were finally in person and I thought this is the opportunity. I need to do something. I can't keep wallowing in feeling this way. And so I did the easy thing, right? And I recommend it. You do the interest-based meetups first. So I did some painting and I did some hiking and I threw a disc um, with my husband because that was helpful for our marriage. And I have to say, and I'll be honest, painful growing pains, like that still wasn't easy and it didn't change much because I kept feeling like there was still this arm's length distance between me and other people. Calvary's very friendly, very warm, very loving, like LaToya said, but it's not the same thing as having friends. And so I kept looking for friends in all these places and kept getting disappointed kind of because I just didn't feel, and it was mostly my fault, like I just didn't feel like I was connecting. So then I thought, okay, what about a needs-based group? So I moved from interest-based to needs-based and I thought, well, there are some kids here who have come from homes where the parents are separated or divorced, and I have that as part of my testimony, so why don't I run a divorce care group for kids? And that was like the, the significant moment because then I had to be vulnerable and I had to take a risk and I had to lead, and the beautiful people, and they're here today, um, who volunteered, who they didn't just help children, they really helped me. So thank you, because you're around. And that's what was real and authentic and brutal and hard and good. And so then I thought, okay, after that kind of season came to an end and there was time in the year to do more things, I thought, okay, Bible-based meetups because I can be vulnerable now and I can let some of those walls down and I'm feeling less and less lonely. And then I met these women. Oh my gosh, did I meet these women who I am so firmly bonded with and love. And I have to tell you, there have been months without loneliness. And that's how it, it had to be for me is to continue putting myself in the way of the Holy Spirit who said, again, try it again, do it again. Okay, that felt weird again. And then I finally met my people and uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it isn't, uh, following Jesus is not always an easy and straightforward journey, and there is like refining and shaping and even grief involved at times, and what you said is so important, Laura, like keep trying, like I get it, it's like going to a new doctor or a new therapist, which I've had a few. I'm not afraid to say that. Um, and I'm like, oh, i got to tell my whole story all over again. Like, what if this one doesn't work out? What if this one doesn't work out? Until it does work out. And then everything changes. And so, yeah, that's why we do meetups the way we do, where you don't commit to a group for life. You, it changes, and there's life to it. And, and it's led by most of you. It's led by uh, the church. Yes, staff leads some meetups, but the goal is that it would be led by you so that people can be meeting more than just us. They can meet other members of the body. And it's maybe 13 weeks at the most, and it's six weeks at the early, at the shortest. And then if that doesn't work out, try another one. Try another one. If they're still like, oh, but is there this? It, where's the fitness one? Maybe you can lead one, and maybe you can be that authentic connection for someone else who's waiting for it. So thanks for sharing, Laura. Barb, my Barb, Miss Barb, all the names. Um, I know one is not like the others because you are not new. You've been here 30 years, 30 years. And in 30 years, someone goes through, as some of you are also in, in that, many seasons of change, pastoral transitions, Barb has only known me for three years, and here I am, like, or, or, you know, she led a ministry for 20 years 
uh, on staff, 20 years. And then she retires from that role and, she, and she's still an active member of the body while somebody else leads that ministry. Like, those aren't easy. But I picked Barb to be up here because she is a champion of the mission of God, no matter who's doing it, no matter what, and she just wants to be a part of it. And she's gone through the various seasons, seasons where she's had so many people lean on her, seasons recently where you've had to kind of lean on the body, and I'm so glad you did, and then seasons where it's you know, God, you're using this gift, but now, God, I'm discerning that maybe you're wanting to use this gift or, or asking, being real. You were real with me on the phone in a moment where it's like, God, what are you asking me now? And so I just thought it'd be so meaningful to those of us who have made disciple of Jesus our vocation, and maybe you've been following Jesus in this particular local body for a long time. Barb, why are you still here? Why are you still... I mean, please don't ever leave, but like, what is it that makes you committed to the mission of Jesus in this local body? Well, first of all, these people have held us up through the thick and thin of life, through many, many things. My prayer partners are sitting here, um, supporters, um, Pastor Frank, if you're here back in the day, you held us up so many times, um, even financially. So, you know. 30 years is a lot of, of things, so, and, and I loved my work with the kids, and so yes, it, it, when I retired, I knew that I needed to quickly find something else, because if I believed in the disciple-making purpose that we have as Calvary, I needed to continue walking that out. It's too easy just to sit, possibly, and to say, oh, it's my time out. Um, for me, that couldn't be because I still needed to be involved with my family. And so um, that's where that came from. But I didn't know what exactly that could be. Um, but my heart was, because there's so many things. I happened to know that there were so many areas that needed so many people. So many. <laughs> so um, I had been on the inside conversation. So, but my heart was going to the youth. And John Mark confirmed that. And so that's where I ended up. I know my hair's white, but that's where I go. I go every week to the youth, and I hang out. And I really don't feel like for a long time that I do much. You know, I, I go, I hang out. Um, and really, Calvary youth are just grown-up Calvary kids. So I knew a lot of them, but I also learned this is whole group. They bring their friends. There's a whole bunch of people I did not know. So there's, um, you know, I connect, I talk, and showing up um, it takes time. I mean, no, it doesn't take time. What I wanted to say was sometimes the biggest thing you can do is showing up. Sometimes it's the important thing. And just doing it consistently because it takes a long time to build trust. It takes a long time to build a relationship. And those are the things I'm doing. And being there means I'm there when that conversation just needs to happen with one of those kids. If I wasn't there, the conversation wouldn't have happened um, in the way that it did. So just showing up sometimes is the best thing you can do. And so that's what I decided to do with youth. And, and I'm loving it. They actually teach me a lot of things. They help me with my apps. And oh no, this is how you do that, Barb. <laughs> They've got me on a few things that I wouldn't have been on. And um, so that's very, very fun. And so, um, and the biggest joy for me, it's pure joy, 
is to see, see our kids growing up in faith, worshiping God, and growing in leadership. It is stunning. And so that cranks me up. So I will go to youth. And um, yeah, what else was I going to say that I think was important? Yeah, sometimes I think that maybe I won't go tonight because I don't think they'll miss me anyway. And I found that that's not really true. I have really good friends there, and the leaders are awesome. And so, and if I'm not there, I will miss something, you know, that important conversation. And here's an example of showing up. This week I went to a funeral, and um, two young adults were there that I hadn't seen in eight years. And who knew how important it was for me to be there? They had set on their drive here to their grandpa's funeral, um, I wonder if Barb will come. And um, that wasn't my thought in going to the funeral. But I was there, and we spent time together. They spent 20 minutes with me just sharing their life, sharing where they're at, and we're going to stay connected, and I can help them walk through this next journey. And um, so that was like, you know, and I knew this conversation was coming up today, and I thought, i got to show up. We got to be there for each other. And so showing up here on a Sunday, you are doing a big thing. Sometimes the conversations don't happen. Sometimes they do. But when you show up, you make it possible um, to build faith in somebody else and to build an acquaintance and to make them feel welcome. When we make people feel welcome, when we serve the needs that we have in our community or outside our community, when we make food, when we give a glass of cold water, we don't know the impact that we're having, but that's the Holy Spirit's work. So we just need to show up and love on each other and do that. Amen. That's it. All right. Thank you, my friends. You can... Uh... You make your way down while the worship team makes their way up. Thanks for preaching with me. You did better than me. <laughs> so these are my friends, and I look out and I see so many more friends, and I see people that maybe I don't know, but I hope that you're known. And if you're not known yet, I hope that you will just keep trying things, keep trying things out until you find that authentic experience of relationship and of connection where you can feel yourself being an active member of the body, where there will be seasons where it is okay for the body to come around you and pick up you on your mat and carry you, because maybe that's what you need from the body for a while. But then I know that I know that there know, I know that there will be seasons where we need you to show up. We need you to be here in the moment that God has planned for you, in his plans for you to give you a hope and to give you a future. And he is always speaking to you. He is always saying, this is the way. Walk in it. And so please, let us continue together every single week. Let's discern together what God might be saying to you about the plans that he has for you, the steps that he wants you to walk in. And it may not lead you to be on one of our teams. That's okay. But he is asking you, as his body, to be an activated member of it. And so as I close, um, and the band, they're just going to, I'm going to dismiss you, and the band will play. For those of you who want to just spend some time discerning the voice of God, corporately with some other people maybe, where, God, what's my next step? I believe that he wants to speak to you today. I just want to read you one verse, and then as you do exit, I have this imperfect, but a document that I worked hard on, <laughs> 
um, Bobby and I, we put this together. It's called Next Steps, and it's a little bit of an assessment that you can do. You can grab it, a hard copy on your way out. Um, it'll be on the tables outside of the doors. All if you are technological, calvarypto.church. Under next steps, there's a downloadable file there. So I actually encourage you, if you can do that, to do that. And let's leave these for the ones um, who haven't yet learned from a youth how to download a file, like Barb, okay? Um, but to the body, and I know we've gone a little bit over time, um, but to the body, as someone who loves you a great deal, as someone who's trying to follow Jesus the best I can, who's committed to the way of Jesus and the mission of Jesus, I want to urge you, as one of your blows my mind as one of your shepherds that God is appointed to for such a time as this. Will you let me challenge you and urge my church as Paul challenged and urged his by reading you the body, those who have made the decision already to make disciple of Jesus your vocation. I urge you to do this, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that you have been called. And here are the characteristics, Calvary Church, I want you to have with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and there is one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the shepherds, and it's okay if that is not the title and the calling you have, but he gave us to equip you, the saints, for the work of ministry, for building up together the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood and to the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ, so that what? So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking in tr the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint which you are a part, and which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We are not meant to remain guests forever. We are not meant to remain children or adolescents of the faith. We are meant to grow up into maturity in Christ. And so, church, you don't do it alone. You don't have to. Please reach out. Please help us Please let us help you discern the voice of God for what next step he might be calling to you, you to. Because there is a moment with somebody where the Spirit of God will change everything for them. Through what you might think is just so small and insignificant, but is everything that he has been waiting to do in that person's life. And he wants to use you to do it. And can I tell you from experience, when you experience God using you in the life of another person, you will never want to live your life any other way, I promise you. Could you stand with me if you're able? Last two announcements. Please don't forget June 11th is the All Crew Appreciation. And June 11th is also where think and pray and spend some time thinking about what God might want your next step to be. And on June 11th, we're going to have the lobby just blitzed out with those on-ramps of opportunity for you to take a next step. And so please come and have a conversation with us then. May you go and may you hear and discern the voice of God as he speaks to you through his spirit, saying, this is the way. Walk in it.